Hello and welcome to the C++ Club. This is episode 15, the meeting number 140, that took place on the 2nd of December 2021. This episode is dedicated to our cat Giuseppe, who passed away two weeks ago. Monsieur Giuseppe. Follow-up. Jason Turner on ABI Diff. Jason Turner posted an episode of his C++ Daily YouTube channel called Detecting ABI Changes with ABI Diff, in which he experiments with getting ABI Diff tool installed and attempts to use it to detect ABI changes in a test program. The tool is written using libabigail we mentioned the last time. And for library vendors, it could be a good idea to incorporate a tool like that in the CI pipeline so that any breaks are flagged early before the library is made available to the clients. November mailing. The November 2021 committee mailing is out. I'll mention just one paper this time, Portable Assumptions, P1774, revision 4. This paper proposes a portable way to assume something without executing it but instead allowing the compiler to use it for optimizations. The new syntax replaces similar built-in facilities in the popular compilers. Assume, expression for MSVC and ICC, and built-in assume, expression for Clang. For GCC, it's a bit different. It has built-in unreachable function, which you can place in the else block of an if statement that checks the expression. The proposed portable syntax is following the attribute pattern. It would be an attribute assume with the expression in parentheses. Side effects are allowed in the expression because it's not evaluated, except for GCC, but that can be worked around. If the expression doesn't evaluate to true, the behavior is undefined. This looks like something out of the contracts proposal. It is also a very easy way to accidentally introduce undefined behavior into your program. But no worries, I'm sure everyone will be extra diligent. C++23, near the finish line. There was a Reddit post that outlined the current plan for C++23. The author analyzes the current library papers and their chances of getting into C++23. For each paper, its age and months is included, but it is there for your amusement only. It should not reflect on the readiness of the paper. The feature complete deadline for C23 is the 7th of February 2022. The plan is outlined in P2389. After all I read, I was a bit surprised to see P2300 stood execution as one of the papers aimed for C++23. Listed first, no less. Some commenters in the thread seem to think it is not ready yet and should not be rushed, despite the fact that an implementation libunifex has been in use at Facebook for some time now. Ben Craig says that it's not guaranteed that P2300 ends up in C++23 but the poll outcome was to aim for it, so the meetings will be scheduled accordingly. To be accepted, this paper needs the strongly opposed committee members to change their minds. We'll see soon enough if that was a realistic expectation. 
there is a ton of changes and improvements in ranges. P2214, a plan for C23 ranges, has been split into multiple papers, and they all seem to be on their way into C23, which is good. Same with coroutine based generator paper, P2168, and another coroutine related paper aiming for C23, which is P1056, Studlazy, which used to be called Studtask. Uh, the last one adds Studlazy template to enable creation and composition of coroutines representing asynchronous computation. The only operation you can do with the Lazy is to await on it. It'll be interesting to see how to use it in practice. I don't think coroutine support improvements and additions will be as extensive in C23 as initially planned, so anyone wanting to use coroutines without descending into low-level details will have to resort to third-party libraries like Lewis Baker's excellent CPP Coro. I'm glad to see P2093 formatted output in the list of things in C23 seems like a natural extension of std format feature we have in C20. P0009 std md span has been going on for 74 months now. It adds std md span, a multi dimensional array view template with supporting classes, and std sub md span, template that allows slicing of std md span. Now we come to the section where the committee says no. Some of the papers that are not going to be in C23 are P0447, Studhive, come on, seriously, 18 revisions, 61 months, and still not ready. I'm so old, I remember when it was called Stud Colony. A very interesting data structure that would have been a good addition to the standard library. Oh well, there is always PLF Hive. P1385 and P1673, linear algebra. Some commenters think it should not be in the standard because the API is fluid, and there are constant new versions and additions to the linear algebra library landscape. Others disagree and say that BLAS is the standard API and it should be in C. P1288. Coroutine concepts and meta-functions. 37 months, one revision, probably not ready, which is a pity. At the top of the comment thread, Jonathan Müller, Funathan, says, quote, Just a friendly reminder, please remember that everyone involved in the standardization process is trying to improve C++. Personal attacks on individuals, conspiracy theories about the standardization process, etc will not be tolerated here. To that, Redditors predictably say, you take away all the fun. And I just want to say that I'm perfectly happy to tolerate ad hominem attacks and expressions of anger. How else is the true feeling of the user community going to be heard? To which Jonathan responds, we are not silencing dissent. You're free to discuss the proposal, just don't attack the authors. You're also free to voice criticism on committee decisions, just don't spread theories about an organized effort to silence proposals. To which someone replies, well, that's just a silly conspiracy theory. I don't believe that the committee members are nearly organized enough to silence proposals. 
Regarding random number generation, this Redditor says, PO205 not making it in is a tragedy. Every standard version without a correct way of seeding an engine is a mistake. End quote. I believe we discussed it before. Without this proposal, seeding random number generator properly is an expert-level task, which it shouldn't be. The current trivial way is wrong. The proposal author says the code is severely flawed uh, because if an unsigned int is 32 bits, it only gives access to a small number of states of all the possible states of random number generator, which makes it unreliable. End quote. There is a piece of code in the proposal showing how you can seed random number generator better today, and the code is not without flaws either. And it's a really quite a long piece of code. The proposed way is much, much shorter and is correct. But we can't have nice things, and so this won't be available at least until C26. If you like to read emotionally charged Reddit comments, here are some links into the thread. I gave them titles. Why no reflection? Also, rest in peace reflection. Why algebra? Senders receivers. Networking. What the hell is IOTA? The metrics for the listed proposals are wrong. Ranges is a dead horse. Graphics in the standard library versus oh god, please no. A quick update the author just published a new revision of the original post, which contains references to prior work for each paper to better illustrate how this standardization process works. Bitpacker this is a library to do type safe and low boilerplate bit level serialization, binary compatible with Python bitstruct module. This is useful for embedded projects where bit-level encoding is needed, so it's not possible to use other serialization libraries like flat buffers, protobuffers, or serial. Note that the library doesn't currently support floating point values. To define serialization format, the library uses a DSL, something akin to printf. Reddit points to another similar library, can helpers, which makes it easier to get and set CAN signals from CAN bus messages. Use of built-in exception types versus own types. A Redditor asks if they should use standard exception types or add their own exception types. The options presented are only use std exception and derived classes, use std runtime error and std logic error and derived classes, Use more specific classes like std invalid argument, std domain error, std overflow error, and derived classes. Don't derive own exception classes and only use the standard ones. And don't use standard exception classes and create own exception hierarchy. The reply is divided between don't use exception hierarchy and just derive a single exception class from the standard one. Whatever you do, don't use std logic error, as it indicates an unrecoverable bug in the program that can only lead to calling std terminate. Related, contracts can't come soon enough. And also, what if you can't terminate? What if you have to keep running? We should prefer wide to deep exception hierarchies, 
and if you need to have additional data in an exception, you can use Boost Exception Library. Interestingly, the latest advice from Boost is to use Boost Leaf for error handling, exceptions or not. A book called Programming with C20. Andreas Fertig is finishing his book, and you can pre order it on LeanPub. Link in the notes. Pay what you want, the suggested price is $40, minimum $20. There is a free sample available, but even without it, I expect this to be a great resource for learning the new C features. That's it for today, and I'll leave you with this tweet by Viktor Zverovich. Any sufficiently advanced C project is indistinguishable from a collection of compiler workarounds. Thanks for joining me today. Until next time. Bye.